Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
יום שבת מנוחה, כל המתענגים
Yeah. 
J.M. in the A.M. Yiddish Nachas with a song with an album entitled Shabbos Nachas, with a song entitled Rikude Shabbos. Here at J.M. in the A.M. Oh, they're talking about rain in Israel Tuesday and Wednesday. Wow, that's funny. I say that. I mean, you know, we have to bless. We have to thank the one above when there's rain in Israel. It's just funny because uh, I wonder if Robbie's listening because every time. Every time I'm about to leave, he he always says, Nesiatava, looking forward to the rain, because it always seems I bring the rain to Israel. Well, in all seriousness, <laughs> in all seriousness, the only thunderstorms 
that are in the forecast over the next um, week, over the next week or so in Israel, are Tuesday and Wednesday, the two days that we are broadcasting from the Holy Land. It's pretty funny. But thank God, as we always say. Amicha Gammerman had the Lail Shabbat medley. It's Regesh, of course, with Modani opening things up. And uh, we say good morning, and we say a good era of Shabbos, and we say, wow, it's Shabbos Chaye Sarah. Obviously, a very different Chaye Sarah in the holy city of Hebron. Uh, based on our conversation with Yishai Fleischer yesterday, that's obvious. Uh, but hopefully next year, there'll be uh, 50,000 people in Hebron for Chaye Sarah, Bezrat Hashem. Uh, this year, the army needs its personnel to do what needs to be done to continue to fight the enemy, and we pray that our our soldiers all get back safely. The number of uh, the number of funerals, shivas, and uh, shloshim azkarot is uh, is getting to be uh, into very difficult to handle numbers. I mean, it already has, but. The Jewish people, the people of Israel are resilient, have an ability to overcome adversity, but this is a tough one, that's for sure. This is a tough one. The 10th day of November, day number 26 in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year is 5784, Tavshin Pei Warning, it is the first early Shabbat for uh, the eastern seaboard of the United States. I don't want to give a general warning, but I'm assuming it's the first early Shabbat for the entire United States, right? Um, candle lighting in New York on this era of Shabbos, Parshas Chaye Sarah, 422. Wow, that is early. 422 is candle lighting. Wow. All those things that I used to do in the 5 o'clock hour and 6 o'clock hour on Friday, forget it. Wow, wow, wow. 422 is the uh, official candle lighting in New York. We will bench Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is Tuesday which means Monday night and Washington Day. It'll be Rosh Chodesh Kislev. And I know that a lot of people are heading down to Baltimore overnight and Washington overnight. A lot of people want to make sure to daven Rosh Chodesh in a, uh, in a real shul, if possible. So a lot of people are heading down early on Monday night uh, to be in Washington Tuesday and to be able to, uh, you know, calmly participate in a Minion Tuesday morning. I would assume that uh, there will be a lot of minyanim in the New York area that begin as early as one can begin, and then everybody will start heading to the buses, and then, of course, everybody will start heading down to Washington, D.C. Um, yeah, because I guess if uh, right, if you, I guess if you have a minion on the bus, unless, of course, you have a Torah on the bus, unless you have a minion on the bus, no one's going to get back fast enough to take care of laning later on, although I guess you could do the laning somewhere in the Washington or Baltimore area. Hmm, wow. Lots to consider. It's a complicated day to begin with Tuesday uh, going to Washington. Not the easiest day for everybody. Uh, but Rosh Chodesh tosses another, another consideration. Whatever it is, kudos to everybody who's going down. I mean, I, I believe they're in the hundreds of thousands. If you start calculating the groups that have been put together and just more and more and more people between now and Tuesday will hopefully... Be heading down. We'll hopefully be um, participating in the rally. Scheduled between 1 and 3. I think that's the official uh, the official declaration. 1 to 3 p.m., the official program. 
Here in this area, the uh, Tuesday weather, well, there could be a thunderstorm or two to talking about. I have to put in Washington and see what it says there. Um, we'll check that out as we speak. Anyway, it's yet another Erev Shabbos for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Erev Shabbos, uh, Shmini Atzeres, Hoshana Rabba was a pretty normal day, I think. I think we could say. And then Erev Shabbos Bracious was a very, very difficult day during the Shiva for 1,400 people. Um, I mean, yeah, that's right. Whoever had been buried that week. And then another Erev Shabbos Noach where the families of the abducted did not know and had very little information in terms of where their relatives are and what their condition might be. Erev Shabbos Parshas Lechacha, more of the same, Vayera, and now here we are at Chaye Sarah. The pain is great, and the families that are suffering in different ways need our love and sympathy. That's something I could tell you emphatically. The um, categories of people, families, that are in difficult situations right now, whether it be families who are waiting for word about their abducted relatives, whether it be families who are still in mourning, and God knows how long that will last, not easy to get over. The, um, the murder or the loss on the battlefield of someone close to somebody. The families who are in the hotels and are taking on the role of refugees, no matter how well they're adjusting, and believe me, a lot of them are adjusting with tremendous victory over the adversity, but it is difficult. It is difficult. So there are families that are going through a lot of different things, and this is on top of the fact that the majority of families in Israel still have to be on the alert for red alerts. And that's so disruptive to their lives. There's a lot going on there. And uh, we got to keep that in mind. So here we are, Erev Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah. Again, candle lighting at uh, 422 here in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We are encouraging everybody to be in. By the way, the weather for Tuesday in Washington, gorgeous. Gorgeous weather for Tuesday. As of now, mid-50s. All right. Bring your sweater. Bring your jacket. Bring your gloves if you need them. But they are expecting uh, good weather in Washington on Tuesday. Rosh Chodesh Kislev. So um, we've got a regular Friday schedule here at JM&AM. Harry Rothenberg, Rabbi Yudin, Malcolm Holmline with the weekly update and no doubt Washington information. Steve Adelsberg is back from Israel with the Yeshiva of Flapush Chizuk mission. We'll get some comments from him in the 8 o'clock hour as well as we continue to encourage people to head to the Holy Land if you're able to.
Lots to be done over there. I could tell you that much. Lots to be done. We're heading over Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from Israel. I hope as you listen to the show on the way down to Washington, you'll be inspired with a greater sense of mission when you hear some of the conversations we'll be having in Israel on Tuesday and then, of course, on Wednesday. And um, make sure to join us for all the action, so to speak, right here at JM in the AM.
In the land of holy stones Lies the hopes and dreams of many Jews It's the city of Lebron There are people who are living there With a courage all their own And they know that we stand behind them But they are not alone The flame must never go out must never die. The throne is ours now and forever. I'm Israel Chai. And while we long for the day when we will return from the corners of the earth, shall heaven's flame must burn. Shekel coins He knew this was where The physical And spiritual world Enjoined Every day you're standing strong Against dangers that are Unknown We realize you're representing Us by living In Hebron The flame must never go out never die. The throne is ours now and forever. I'm Israel Chai. And while we long for the day when we will return from the corners of the earth, shall heaven's flame must burn. We've seen you through some painful times. And others might lie ahead, but the soul will last forever. Shall heaven's flame will never end. Never die. The throne is ours now and forever. I'm Israel Chai. And while we long for the day when we will return from the corners of the earth, shall heaven's flame must burn.
בתים שרופים לא מפרידים אותה. מאחורי אנה ניצבת קשת, מבטיחה של עוד מלחמה. רוצים מילה של נחמה, בסך הכל ילדים אנחנו. לא מבינים מה שקרה, את כל מה שאיבדנו. יד שמלטפת, דמעה אחת אוספת, כמו תרופה ישר לנשמה. רוצים מילה של נחמה, בסך הכל ילדים אנחנו. לא מבינים מה שקרה. את כל מה שאיבדנו, יד שמלטפת, דמעה אחת אוספת, כמו תרופה ישר לנשמה.
the AM with the uh, Yankee Hill selection before this from Eitan Katz. Milashel Nechama, Lishwascha from Avi Hass, Eli Marcus had Hashem O's, and Shalom Berenholtz with Malachi Shalom. The Shalhevet selection by Lenny Solomon. We played that for listener Devora, who uh, named her daughter Shalhevet. Shalhevet Pass, many of you remember, as an infant was murdered by the enemy in Hebron, and this Shabbos is, of course, Shabbos Chaye Sarah. Yoni Stokar before that with Lacha Dodi, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. But listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com, and the AlchemSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Guys, it's on the background. News from Israel coming up. Plenty more, of course. And, of course, the weekly update later this hour right here at JMNAM. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next. Boker Tov from JMNAM. Galitzal, Asha'a 2. Shalom Rav, Baulpani Honatan Grill, Im Mashakore Achshav. לראשונה זה שלושה ימים, אזעקות הופעלו בשעה האחרונה באזור גוש דן והשפלה. שתי נשים נפצעו בינוני וקל מרסיסים בתל אביב. מצטרפת אלינו כתבתנו בתל אביב, אנה פינס. שלום, אנה. שלום יונתן, מתח כבד לעבר אזור המרכז, כשבאמת מהלכו שתי נשים נפצעו באורך בינוני וקל מרסיסים באזור תל אביב, באזור מרכז תל אביב, צוותי מגן דוד אדום פינו אישה כבת 30 במצב בינוני ואישה כבת 40 במצב קל לבית החולים איכילוב בעיר, בנוסף צוותי מגן דוד אדום מטפלים במספר פצועים באורך קל שנכבלו בדרכם למרחב המוגן מתח לזה אנחנו מתפסרים גם על נפילה באזור ראשון לציון, ככל הנראה בשטח פתוח לא נפגעים ונפגעים נוספים מרסיסים ברחבי העיר שלא נזקקו להמשך טיפול רפואי עד כאן תקרית ראשונה היום בגבול הצפון. טיל נונטט נורה לעבר מוצב צבאי במרחב מנרה. כתבנו בצפון הדר גיציס מוסר כי צהל תקף בתגובה בירי ארטילרי. משה דוידוביץ', ראש המועצה האזורית מטה אשר ויושב ראש פורום קו העימות, זועם על מתווה הפיצויים שהציגה הממשלה ואומר לעידן קבלר בגלי צהל, אם הם היו מגיעים לצפון, לא היינו צריכים להתעמת איתם. נסעתי בוועדת הכספים של הכנסת, וראיתי שם את הוויכוחים, הלוואי, והם היו באים אלינו לצפון, לא הייתי צריך להתעמת איתם. יש פה אנשים שפשוט העסקים שלהם קורסים. אנחנו רוצים להמשיך להתקיים בכבוד על קו הגבול, לא כשנסראללה וחילויות הרידואן שלו מאיימות עלינו, מסתכלות עלינו מבעד או למשקפת או בקו ישיר. לוחמי חטיבה שבע בשריון ביצעו פשיטות על מוצב צבאי ומחנה אימונים של חמאס, חיסלו עשרות מחבלים ויתרו בין היתר מאות כלי נשק. הלוחמים פשטו על משרדו של מוחמד סינואר, אחיו של מנהיג חמאס יחיה סינואר, והחרימו אמצעי טרור וחוברות לחימה של הארגון שהותרו במקום. מנהל לחימה בחטיבה שבע, סגן אלוף אמיר, סיפר על פעילות הכוחות. החטיבה מבצעת ביממה האחרונה פשיטות למספר מוקדים במהלך הפשיטות. בשיטות האלה אנחנו מגלים המון המון אמלח מרחפנים דרך קטממים, כולל נשקים, מרגמות, אמצעים מודיעיניים ואמצעים טכנולוגיים. במהלך הפשיטה גם חוסלו 30 מחבלים. מדבריו הביא כתבנו הצבאי דורון קדוש. 
לראשונה מתחילת המלחמה, ראש הממשלה נתניהו נועד בשעה זו עם ראשי רשויות מקומיות מהדרום בקריה בתל אביב. אלון דוידי, ראש עיריית שדרות המשתתף בפגישה, תקף בגלי צה"ל על הצמרת המדינית והביטחונית יש עוד קין. מדינת ישראל היא זו שהביאה את גדולי אויבינו ושונאינו. השיטה הזו, שכל פעם אנחנו חושבים שנסמוך על מישהו אחר, יהיה לנו טוב, היא שיטה פסולה. מהניסיון שלי עם המנהיגות של עם ישראל ועם ראש הממשלה והשרים שעכשיו מובילים את הקבינט פה, כולם מורכבים מהצמרת שהביאה אותנו למקום הזה. אני אומר להם, רבותיי, יש לכם עוד קין. מזג האוויר ללא שינוי ניכר בטמפרטורות, שתהיינה מעט גבוהות מהרגיל העונה. ואלה זמני כניסת השבת, פרשת חיי שרה, שבת מברכים לחודש כסלו. בירושלים ארבע ושלוש דקות, בתל אביב בארבע עשרים וארבע, בחיפה בארבע ושתים עשרה, ובבאר שבע תיכנס השבת בארבע עשרים ושש. ואלה זמני צאת השבת מחר, בירושלים בחמש עשרים ואחת, בתל אביב בחמש עשרים ושתיים, בחיפה בחמש ועשרים, ובבאר שבע תצא השבת מחר בחמש עשרים ושלוש. לכל מאזינינו שבת שלום, אלה החדשות.
in the AM. Got another one from Gershon Varoba coming up. That's his Mimkomcha. Before that, the uh, Avram Willig selection, Ilu Finu. Welcome to a Friday era of Shabbos. JM in the AM with candlelighting time in New York, 422. Beware. It is the earliest we've had to light candles in quite a while. Again, New York, 422 on this era of Shabbos. Parshas Chayes Sarah. We will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is Tuesday, or Chodesh Kislev is Tuesday. And again, we will bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Please, God, to so keep that in mind. On this Erev Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah. Um, we're heading to Israel after Monday's JM in the AM. When you're heading down to Washington on Rosh Chodesh on Tuesday, <coughs> excuse me, please tune in. We've got quite a lineup uh, scheduled for um, uh, for this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. And Tuesday specifically, when you were on your way to Washington, I believe the sense of mission and the sense of purpose uh, will be enhanced as you head down if you tune into our radio show on Tuesday morning. I mean, ju- at the minimum, at the minimum, um, we're going to be speaking with um, 
Sion Leshem, who's the leader of the Nave community, a perfect representative of all the communities that have been displaced. You'll hear what they've been going through. And, uh, and, and just to advocate for those who are abducted by the enemy, to advocate for those who are refugees. And we want, of course, Israel to, to be able to quickly eradicate the enemy so they can go back home, to advocate for the, uh, the aid to Israel that's necessary, to advocate on behalf of those who want to walk in this country with freedom and independence and not worry about anti-Semitism and violence against Jews. All those messages are going to be key this coming Tuesday in Washington, D.C. Keep them all in mind. March with fervor, march with purpose, march with the Jewish people and many, many of our ancestors and predecessors accompanying you as you head down to the nation's capital. Harry Rothenberg has uh, plenty to say about Parshas Chaye Sarah. We will dedicate his words for our dear friend, Ruchama Chana Etol Bas Chava. Ruchama Chana Etol Bas Chava. We continue to pray for her speedy and full recovery. Again, Ruchama Chana Etol Bas Chava. Harry Rothenberg, Parshas Chaye Sarah, JM in the AM. After Avraham's wife Sarah dies, and after he marries off his son Yitzchak, he remarries. His new wife's name is Keturah. But the sages tell us that she's actually not a new person. We've met her before. Keturah is a new name for Hagar. Sarah's Egyptian maidservant, whom Avraham had married years earlier, and whom at Sarah's request he had banished along with her son Yishmael. Why did Hagar get a new name? Usually we only give a person a new name in a circumstance wherein they're very, very sick and we want to rename them as a way of beseeching heaven for mercy. One commentator explains the reason she got that new name is that she was sick. She was spiritually sick. Why? Because we know. Through many examples in Jewish history and examples with which you're probably familiar in your own lives, the banishment like that of Hagar or criticism getting thrown out of a dorm or a school or a family leads somebody to rebel. Without getting into any detail, I can assure you that I am familiar with what it's like to be thrown out of yeshiva. It does not cause somebody to want to get closer to God. It does not cause somebody to want to get more religious. Quite the contrary. So Hagar needed a name change to protect her from that feeling. And in fact, when she was first banished, she did go back to her father's idols. But then she met the angel and her son was saved. And then she stood tall and hung on to the things that she had gained in Avram's household. Keturah reflects the Ketores, the beautiful incense that was burned in the Mishkan and in the temple. And it's a word that signifies the fact that she tied herself. She restrained herself from marrying another man. If she had, she wouldn't have been able to go back to Avram. She stands the test of time as a monument to the fact that you can do it, notwithstanding the banishment, the critique. You can stay strong. How many people do we know? There might be people out there watching this who will say, if not for that rabbi in Hebrew school, if not for that principal, if not for that teacher, if not for my father or my mother or whomever who forced it on me, who criticized me, who rubbed it in my face, who threw me out, I'd be much more religious. Just heard a story of a young man who years ago just cast off his religious observance. But then after what happened in Israel a month ago, he said, you know what? I'm going to go find my old pair to fill in and I'm going to start putting them on again as a merit for the people of Israel who need it so desperately. And so he did that and he posted it on his WhatsApp status. Hey, anybody want to join me? I started putting to fill in on again. 
and dozens and dozens of his friends and their friends, and he keeps growing, said, you know what, count us in. We also stopped putting on our tefillin, but we're going to go find them, and we're going to start putting them on. So if you've got an old pair of tefillin, or a yarmulke, or a sitter, or if you're a woman, some candlesticks that you haven't used in years to light Shabbat candles, go take them out of the closet. We need you. We need you back. And if you don't have any of those things, go buy them. Borrow them. Get somebody to buy them for you. We need everyone. We're all in this fight together.
J.M. in the A.M. Achtus done by Maishi Tischler. Before that, the um, the Gershon Veroba selection of Harachamim here at J.M. in the A.M. Welcome to a Friday, everybody. 10th of November, 26th day in the month of uh, Mar Cheshvan. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Kislev is Tuesday. Tuesday is Rosh Chodesh. Yeah, Washington Day. Tuesday is Rosh Chodesh Kislev. 
Candlelighting in New York, 422 on this era of Shabbos Parshas Chayesara, 422. Make sure you know when things start where you are. It's the first very early Shabbos in quite a while. So again, New York, 422. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And, um, and you know, and get where you need to get to uh, on time or earlier than on time. What was it? If you're early, you're on time. If you're if you're on time, you're late, right? Isn't that the famous thing by one of those football coaches? <laughs> I like that rule, by the way. I really do. Uh, it's Arab Shabbos Parshas Chayesara. A bit different in Chevron. A bit different. But um, hopefully next year there'll be 50,000 people there for Chayesara. Bezrat Hashem, Bezrat Hashem. Oh, yes. We are certainly hoping so. Uh, weekly update coming up. Malcolm Home, Malcolm Homeline is going to join us here on this uh, Friday morning era of Shabbos. Find out more about the Washington trip, etc. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website, kosherdogs.net. Take a 10% discount with promo code radio and try A&H today more coming up friday it's jm in the am and this is one of my all-time favorites from schmakolenu at jm in the am
Schnaches. Zakaini We'll do more before the uh, weekly update from the Yiddish Nachas uh, album entitled Shabbos Nachas. But thank God for listener Patty, because I meant to go through the Israel vendor fair information. Then, of course, I forgot. And then she reminded me. And I was so glad to hear from her on the app that uh, things went really well last night at Kushner, at the Kushner campus in Livingston. Kolakavod. To everybody in New Jersey who showed up last night for the Israel Vendor Fair, come together and support artists and vendors from Israel. You can do so this coming Sunday at Frisch, West Century Road in Paramus. This coming Monday at Lincoln Square Synagogue between 5 and 9 p.m. on the Upper West Side. Tuesday at the uh, Temple Israel Center in White Plains. That'll begin at 4 o'clock. Wednesday, Kingsway Jewish Center in Brooklyn from 6 till 10 p.m. Thursday, Sephardic Community Center in Brooklyn on Ocean Parkway from 9.30 in the morning until 1 p.m. Thursday from 5 o'clock on at the Mid-Island YJCC on Manetto Hill Road in Plainview, New York. And then, of course, Hafter is the last stop uh, Saturday night at Hafter on November the 18th in Lawrence, New York, between 7.30 and 11. And then Sunday, starting at 11 a.m. again at Hafter on Frost Lane in Lawrence. That's next weekend. This weekend, uh, Sunday is uh, at Frisch in Paramus from noon until 4 o'clock. And then Monday at Lincoln Square Synagogue between 5 and 9. Any information you need about the Israeli Vendor Fair, and again, kudos to everybody who came to Kushner last night to the Livingston campus. Any information you need, 516-636-1618. That's 516-636-1618. One eight. More coming up at JM in the AM. <laughs> 
Shabbos Parshas Chaye Sarah. Candle lighting in New York, get ready. This might shake you to the core if you're one of those people that uh, never gets it all done on Friday. <laughs> Candle lighting in New York at 422. Wow. 
Is that a typo, Nahum? No, it's the first very early Shabbos. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We are on uh, standard time now in the United States, so keep that in mind. Again, 422 in New York. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh on Shabbos. Uh, speaking of um, Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh will be Tuesday, same day as the rally. Rosh Chodesh Kislev, a one-day Rosh Chodesh Tuesday. Keep that in mind for tomorrow. When you bench Rosh Chodesh. Don't forget our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. During these interesting times, why not download and print out thousands of interesting articles regarding Israel and the Jewish world? Again, and you could read them over Shabbos if you wish. Read them on the bus down to Washington while you're listening to our Jam Nam broadcast from Jerusalem, which will give you even more of a sense of purpose for the rally. If you're tuned into the guests that we're going to have a Tuesday morning in Jerusalem during JM in the AM. Uh, JewishWorldReview.com again, JewishWorldReview.com. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. I remind you the Conference of Presidents of Presidents and UJA Federation are the two major sponsors of the big gathering in Washington this coming Tuesday. He's with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you. Well, it's a good sign when the only complaint I'm getting about the rally is that it's Rosh Chodesh. <laughs> and I, I'm trying to explain to people that knowing the way you negotiate these things, it likely, and I'm sure you would not have preferred it being on a Rosh Chodesh day, but I, I would have a feeling that the, the way these things are negotiated, this was probably the best or only day uh, that they could accommodate a crowd like this at the National Mall. So Baruch Hashem, I think you have to agree with all the things that people have to say about Jews gathering and non-Jews in support of Israel and against anti-Semitism in Washington, D.C. Baruch Hashem, that is the only thing people are bringing up. Well, it's not the only thing. <laughs> but but it's, uh, it is an important thing. And there's uh, I, I understand that uh, the White House is going to have the first Nate's minion ever held on Tuesday morning. You're serious? Uh, You're serious? Uh, I'm serious. Wow. That uh, wow. That uh, there was a report. I, I don't have all the details. It, at 615 million, as close to the White House as they can do it. Wow. Uh, not in the White House right. itself. With a Torah, uh, I'm assuming. Yes, of course. Wow. So, no, uh, wow. And they said that the the uh, that the uh, uh, Barry Weber will be davening there. And, wow. Uh, um, Malcolm, and, there's. Some, I mean, look, a lot of people in this audience don't remember 20 years ago, 40 years ago, etc., when you know massive rallies took place. There, there's something about this one. There is something about the people who are coming down, the umbrella of uh, you know right to left, uh, different uh, backgrounds, geographical locations. I mean, it, it's just all the unity that we've been feeling over the last month. I think you have to admit, as you're planning this thing, that you're feeling the exact same unity through this entire process as with Washington completely and and the, the response that is coming from across the board the people that you know did not participate 20 years ago or had questions people want to come and we're doing everything to accommodate all audiences so that I think everybody will be comfortable there um, uh, but it's it's amazing that the biggest complaint we have uh, thank God is people can't get buses. There are not enough buses right, in New York right. to, uh, to, to, to get there. So people are finding new ways, but I just, one thing I, I, I try to get a, a plane ticket back on Tuesday night 
and one way return ticket was seventeen hundred dollars on the set. What have you heard about Amtrak tickets for that day? They're basically sold out. There were a few tickets left going back, but we hope still that they're going to add more cars and more trains to it. Wow, unbelievable. And and what creative ways? Give me one example of creative ways that people are dealing with the bus situation. Driving. Literally not taking yeah. buses, just renting vans and taking people down like that. Because I heard that there are schools in the United schools in the United States, that there are schools in the New York, New Jersey area that have spent double the money to hire buses from Washington to do two round trips in order to get the kids down there. They have. It's true that uh, people have come up with some creative ideas about how to maximize the participation. You know, we warned people early on, and I'm telling everybody now: come early. You know, the the it, because the, when hundreds of buses will converge in Washington at one time, it's hard for them to to accept them all that way. Yeah. So the, er, the earlier ones will get in, and uh, there is going to be a program for youth prior to the rally probably starting around noon or shortly thereafter uh, before the program begins at one and it will be done by 2.33 and between 2.30 and three. And then so people can get back. Um, It will be uh, an incredible message when you see all the counter demonstrations, violent counter demonstrations that are going on, including in New York City to, uh, I mean, really terrible things that I saw yesterday myself. I saw the, the police car with the um, window smashed and free Gaza on the police car. And, and the the um, desecrations that took place and the threats that have been made and the violence that, that ensued. I think it's important that they, the world will see. And, and by the way, many, many non-Jews are coming, many. And they want to be part of this as well. Yeah. It's a question of being able to accommodate them. <clears throat> there are some good people out there, people of values, people of faith. You know a lot of them. Um, and it's wonderful, as they have in the past, that they're joining in for the cause. Um, it, it's a it's a difficult day. I mean, we've got to make that clear to everybody, Malcolm. And I, mean, I think everyone knows this from past experience. It's a difficult day. It's a you know lo- long trip for a lot of people, a lot of walking, obviously. And you know you hope that with all the instructions that your office has given to to in- institutions, organizations, that all that works out logistically, where the buses should go, get everybody as close as possible. But it can get a little frustrating. A small price to pay for this massive action, which is so necessary. But one thing I got to ask you about. And I think I'm representing, honestly, maybe thousands of people when I say this. I was at the rally Monday night, Upper West Side, and I know that it wasn't, you know, Dafka, your rally. But nonetheless, I mean, there were 5,000 people standing. And if I'm off by 1,000, I apologize. There were 5,000 people standing on East 84th Street trying to get into the rally area. And they were letting people in four at a time and wanding everybody and frisking everybody. Now, I just ask you, number one, is it going to be similar in Washington just so people can prepare for that? It's hard to stand for an hour waiting in line. So that's question number one. And question number two, excuse my sarcasm, but I have a feeling when when uh, when other rallies take place in New York City, for instance, on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn, I have a feeling that the participants are not going through the same type of security procedures. What could you say about those two points? Because we don't threaten them. 
but uh, we we have to take precautions. It's a responsibility we have for those who come to attend. Uh, I don't know what happened in the New York uh, or the Wanding experience. I, I, I the street I went up, it was just that they did a check, but they had a list. Um, and as you know, many people did not get into the New York rally because right. the police closed off access after a while, right. and there was a, a huge turnout. Uh, uh, so if at this event. There will be in the first section a magnetometers, but they are very high speed. So you just walk straight through. It's like at a football stadium. Right. The modern equipment is there. And uh, there will be for the other areas, there won't be any. We are putting up three and a half miles of fencing to protect the area. Uh, we are, there is every precaution possible is being taken. There's no credible threats that we know of. Uh, there will be uh, areas even for yeshivas for separate standing uh, for for those that requested, um, you know, boys and separate girls areas, separated. Right. Right. And there will be uh, as an area for uh, people with disabilities. But we've tried to accommodate all, all the different things possible. But the problem we'll have is that people will descend on it at the same time. Right. And, and uh, we'll just accommodate it. People have to be patient. We've done everything, I think everything that was done that could have been possible in order to um, to make sure we can accommodate it. And frankly, I think the response is so incredible that the sense of Achter that you mentioned should not be overlooked. It's really remarkable. And to see, you know, every corner, every, you know, Hollywood stars and other people all calling up and asking what they can do is a, a statement about how much October 7th changed the world. No question about that. And I'm sure you've heard of schools from different cities around the country that are flying in some of their classes, uh, which is remarkable. I know you uh, you must have heard about the different towns that have looked into, I don't know if it ever worked out because the price could be prohibited, but looked into chartering flights in order to get hundreds of people from their community to participate. And I would assume just by, by car, by bus, by train, there are people coming not just from the New York area, but I would imagine from so many other areas of the country uh, as well, especially on the East Coast. So we are talking about... No, not just the East Coast. Uh, there's uh, many people, thousands coming from L.A., Denver, Detroit, Cleveland, 25 buses. Chicago had a thousand airplane ticket seats already taken two days ago, and many more. Uh, the uh, it's the it's what the um, what transportation is available and what they're able to arrange. But many people are traveling 15, 18 hours on buses to come. New Yorkers don't complain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and Lakewood people certainly shouldn't complain. Certainly not. They're right. very, very close, uh, relatively speaking. And of course, you mentioned Yeshiva University in Turo, and, and closing down the universities for today is remarkable. But Malcolm, I, I must say, kudos to because I asked you this off the air a couple of days ago, and, and neither of us were really sure. But there are actual yeshivas, and I'm not again. I'm not. I'm, I'm using the term just for identification, so people understand. You know, the section of the community we're talking about who have closed, who have declared, go to the rally, encourage your parents to go as well. And if you're a Kolel person in this yeshiva, I'm speaking, I'm thinking of one specifically. If you're a Kolel man in this yeshiva, try to encourage your wife to go as well. So th this, this, uh, th this incredible infectious achdus has just uh, propelled people to take action and to be there for each other and for our brothers and sisters in Israel to a level that we've never seen before. 
and think of what the reverberations will be in Israel after a very difficult morning. There were many rockets over yep. central Israel. Uh, over a million people had to go into shelters. Yep. And with the constant bad news coming, you know, when bodies were found or Leviathan. And, and by the way, just as an aside, everyone went to sleep last night in Israel knowing that the army was so close to that hospital in Gaza that there would hopefully be no red alerts today. And as you just said, the day was dominated by red alerts. Exactly. So think of what, what we're doing to say to Israel that every everybody in Israel is, uh, is going to be touched by it. They've been calling and, t- and just saying thank you, thank you. They're thanking us. They're on the front line. They're putting their lives on the line. We're asked to give a few hours to go to Washington and, and to send a message that all these demonstrations that are taking place and they're loud and they're sometimes violent, but they get a lot of media attention. Yeah. That's not the real story. This is the real America. Yeah, no question about it. And finally, by the way, and I know that every one of these angles is important, so I, I but I can't point out all of them. I don't remember all of them, but there's finally been an arrest. I mean, call a vote to the NYPD. They took this seriously, this whole thing about ripping down the, the, the hostage posters, and, and they arrested two people for it, and, and you know that that's going to be a deterrent to others as they look at posters and consider should they be ripping them down or not. So thank God that the NYPD and I'm sure other law enforcement officials around the country are taking this seriously and, 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 and making it known that if you're going to play that game, you're going to be in trouble for it. I think that's true. And, and you know, people complain if they don't arrest on the site. You, you, I don't think sometimes they arrest on the site when they aren't actually seeing the person do it, but right. they get cameras, they get photographs and they get them later because you can incite, uh, you know, a violent reaction at the moment. And the, you know, there was a smoke bomb thrown, but to see a police car vandalized in New York city like that. And, uh, they don't make an arrest there. That would be very disappointing. What about the lack of publicity, um, in the, in the murder of Mr. Kessler in Los Angeles? I mean, you know, Malcolm, if he represented another cause or maybe another community, there would have been national outrage in the media. Well, I do think that it's gotten some coverage and I mean, it wasn't all the major news stations did report it, um, but some of them did not report that he had been hit, and some of them didn't tell the full story. They said that it's being investigated. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, a tragedy you know, that's really incredible to understand that, uh, you know, because he was the pro-Israel demonstrator, that somebody hit him with the megaphone and knocked him to the ground. Then when he fell, he hit his head. Yeah. But, but why did he fall? And and this is, uh, you know, reflective of physical assaults that have taken place in other places. An arrest in that case, right? There was an arrest in that case, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right about that? I think so. Yeah, identified the guy, right. right. But I don't I don't know what the status, the legal status is. And in the Detroit case that happened a couple of Shabbos ago, the murder of that woman, I believe they have a, a suspect in hand as well? Yeah, but they still say that they still don't identify it as a uh, hate crime. Right. So there must be more complications to it. Malcolm Holmai with us, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard of listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com and the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Tuesday, Rosh Chodesh is Washington Day. Tuesday, we are broadcasting from Jerusalem. Uh, the guests we have lined up, I think, will be very inspiring and will add to the sense of mission that everyone has when you're on the bus or in the car, wherever you might be on Tuesday, heading down to Washington. Make sure to be tuned in to us at JM and the AM as we bridge the gap between Israel and the diaspora. All right, Malcolm, uh, pause or no pause, ceasefire or no ceasefire, what do you say? 
A ceasefire, certainly not. And the president was asked last night, and he again said no ceasefire. Uh, a, a humanitarian pause, I think, is going to be likely because Israel's been doing it anyway. If you see the stream of people leaving to go to the to the south to 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 be evacuated from the area, uh, over a million, well over a million um, people did. And this, despite the fact that Hamas did not want them to, ordered them not to, fired on people who did to dissuade them from going south. Israel brought in protection for the last groups that are are uh, were leaving, and people have seen the pictures uh, almost every day that they continue to to um, to move out. This is uh, the the war is going really well for the Israelis. Unfortunately, I think uh, there were still there were two more deaths last night of soldiers. Yeah. And uh, who were killed by the by the terrorists, but they have made remarkable progress. To under, and remember what they're dealing with. What I talked about so many times is under the, the city, under the city. It's hundreds of miles of of those of the underground passages, hundreds of miles, and maybe the hostages are there. So Israel has to proceed with care with what it does, and it's been still doing precision things. And and if you see that. When you see an explosion near the hospitals, for instance, there was an explosion near Indonesia hospital yesterday, but it was because they hit a munitions dump because they Hamas still uses hospitals and, and people as human shields and as fronts. They're the ones who are committing the war crime, not Israel. It loses a protected status like the ambulances that they drive because they use them to transport terrorists. And they're the ones who have to be to be held to to account for it. So Israel is willing to see humanitarian aid go in. It has all along, as we know, Hamas steals a good portion of it. Uh, but more, they're trying to be more strict and seeing to it that it gets to the people. But the a, a pause is different than any kind of a ceasefire, which would enable Hamas to to realign uh, itself, to start licking its wounds and reorganizing. As long as you have them off guard, guard, they killed some key commanders yesterday. When you destroy the command structure and the facilities, that's the way it is now. It will end up being a ragtag group, still very uh, threatening, still with considerable power but uh, not the same enemy that we started with. You alluded just minutes ago to the fact that um, it, it, things are going very well, etc. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Uh, everybody in Israel is prepared for a months-long encounter. That's the mentality they've had. We've heard it from multiple people you know, representing uh, multiple areas of life in Israel. It, it, it seems, though, based on, the, on the, you know, where the army is now in Gaza, that this might be going better and quicker than originally thought. Is it too early to make that type of determination? Yes, and and it has gone well. And, and in the beginning, they were very cautious. This was well planned out in the execution of isolating areas. They've divided Gaza, uh, so which makes it much easier for them to try and encircle like the hospital. Uh, but... People will have to be patient. This is not a matter of days, maybe even weeks, or it will certainly be months for them to be able to mop it up. And if they don't clean out this cancer completely, we know that it will come back. And therefore, this time, it has to be a complete eradication. Many of the world's governments, you saw the G7 met this week, uh, were powers, and they came out in support of Israel's right to defend itself and to go on a statement that I don't think would have been possible in the past. I have to credit the administration with its support, and we have to 
uh, see that the European governments, despite the massive demonstrations in some countries, have uh, held the line largely. So, you know, it's it's something that will require a lot of patience still. One of the one of the maybe I'd say only hopes or great hopes that Jews around the world and so, certainly those in Israel are hoping and feeling is that the IDF and the the intelligence of the of the uh, of the army and the intelligence services of Israel they've got to know where the hostages are i mean that that is what so many people are 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 hoping and and it is the hope that we are hanging our our hope on is that that, that they at least know where they are because that of course is, is such an important part of the battle to get them back is it possible that all these hostages first of all you could tell me if you agree with that and secondly is it possible that all these hostages were moved to the south as the mass of population went southward in Gaza? Yes, it is possible that they moved them uh, because this is their ace in the hole is having the hostages. They think it will be a protection against um, some of the attacks that are taking place. Has made it a top priority to get the return of the hostages. But the first thing is to execute the war and, and protect the soldiers and uh, at the same time, try to extricate the the hostages uh, and for and identifying where they are and going after a third goal would be I think going after all of those who crossed over and were responsible for the uh, barbaric attack that that took place. So Israel, I'm sure, has information uh, that will be used judiciously because it is certainly something I think everybody in Israel wants to see, and that's the return of God willing as all of them, or certainly as many. There was one less because they found the body in Israel of somebody they thought had been kidnapped and right. he was murdered uh, on October 7th. Um, and they're talking about deals with Qatar and 15 hostages and you know, if there is a ceasefire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, anything to these negotiations could there? And again, we want 240, whatever the exact number is, you know, released now. But any chance that in the next couple of days, a significant number will, in fact, be uh, part of a deal? I can't say because I don't know. Is negotiations are being done very quietly. Um, I wouldn't trust anything that Hamas says. And, uh, you know, Israel learned from the past that, uh, you know, the, the people they release become recidivists and, and go back and become and are terrorists. Uh, so I think that uh, it'll be very carefully done. But would they pay some price for, for people, to, to, to some of the people back? Yes. But I, I think the negotiations are, are probably very tough and, and serious. And Western governments have been involved in some of it. Well. Do you agree that uh, if Netanyahu was <clears throat> was offered all the hostages in exchange for a significant ceasefire, he would take that deal in a minute? I can't say. I don't know. I, I mean, I know that there have been various offers right. made, but you know, for what what we would say might seem like a, a normal or, or something. They know better about what the reality is on the ground and what they're doing, and the. You know, you're dealing with with people who have proven in the past not to be honest brokers, not to be truthful, and and I'm talking about the Hamas side, not those who are trying to broker a deal. Right. And I and you know, again, a significant ceasefire means that those who remain in Gaza chance to get out, to regroup, to move, yeah. and the goal is to eradicate them.
Oh, it is a complicated situation. Malcolm, what do you make of this story that photojournalists took part in recording the Hamas assault on October the 7th? I take, take this very seriously, and there's more information coming out associating other people with the major news sources. Uh, the New York Times came out with a statement defending their practice and the individuals involved. It's outrageous. How did they know to be there? Did they did they get advance warning? Or at 6.30 on a Saturday morning, they just happened to be nearby and be able to get the pictures. Some of them, as you know, were seen holding uh, uh, the helmet of a soldier and engaging in much more than than taking photos. And were they there while the crimes were being ta- were taking place, which makes them accessories to it, yeah. and didn't do anything. So, but but you see that some of the people who have been so accused uh, uh, by honest reporting and others who have uncovered this information are are uh, offended and being you know uh, spoken about when they could, but but that there's a history of them being associated in one way or another with some of the terrorist entities. Yeah, and the press in general, sometimes for a good reason, but, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. And it shows how dependent they are on the stringers. They, they hire the locals because they don't, many of the places don't have, you know, big staff anymore like they used to. Nice. And they all dependent on these locals who are parties to other things as well. What a good point. Uh, all right, we got to talk a little bit about diaspora because, of course, one of the reasons the rally in Washington is so uh, sought after for people to be there on Tuesday is because there's an added element than we've had in the past. Usually we're there in Washington to protest what's happening to our brothers and sisters in Israel, but now, of course, we have the added component of uh, safety of Jews everywhere, especially in the United States with the atmosphere that we're in right now. What could you tell us about the uh, about Mossad thwarting this major terror attack in Brazil that was planned by Hezbollah. It's information that uh, Mossad shared with the, with the Brazilian police and, and uh, their counterpart agencies. Uh, and I understand that they were planning an attack on Jews in Brazil. The specifics, you know, obviously are not being released yet, but there was, everybody seems to acknowledge the fact that the information that they provided and maybe even other assistance thwarted the attack officials in brazil have uh, indicated that it's it's a true story so if god forbid and believe me people have thought of this now much more in the last month god forbid if there's that type of attempt in the united states there's a chance that the mossad six thousand miles away would have information would be able to warn american authorities in advance yes first of all because if they picked up the chatter if they picked up uh, other, you know, from uh, people that they captured information. There are a lot of sources that Israel might have that the Brazilian police did not. The that's Brazilian a that's a did, drop comforting, frankly. That's a well, little. Yeah, but the the problem is that you know the internet is so massive and there's so on, and they have become more and more sophisticated in what they and how they what information they provide over the internet and what they do through other means. That's why. Only a handful of people knew about the attack on October 7th. I mean, literally a handful. Even the soldiers themselves weren't told until that morning. And the the uh, ability that they had not to communicate with one another without being detected as they usually were uh, it was evident in the results. So it's, it's still very complicated. But I think the information and the fact that we are becoming more sophisticated in the use of it, if you saw the other story that broke this week, about the foreign funding coming from NCRI, the 
the uh, for, at, based at Rutgers, the main study that has taken a long time uh, to prepare uh, for ISGAB that shows the amount of money, I mean, the huge amount, $13 billion in funding that is unaccounted for, unreported by universities coming from Qatar primarily, but also others, Saudi Arabia formerly, not now, uh, but China and and um, other Arab countries and Turkey is given money. But the, the universities did not report it, and we know that it influenced developments on the campuses. And one of the remarkable discoveries is a direct correlation with increased foreign funding and increased anti-Semitic action on the campuses. So it shows how they're poisoned, both in terms of the faculty, in terms of their you know, investing in, in academic centers, the, the activities that they support, the students that, that come to the universities as a result of this and the scholarships that they give in different Arab countries has resulted in, in the much larger numbers. And they are acting out, not, not just with coming here as students to, to get a degree, but are becoming politically very active and even espousing views and words of violence that are leading to some of the deeds of violence. Yeah, you ever think about it? You ever step back and just think with how small Israel is and how small the world Jewish community is and with hundreds of, by the way, everything you just said in that presentation in the last minute, it's hundreds of millions of enemies. I mean, it's governments, it's tens of millions of people in certain countries, it's college campuses, it's the media. With hundreds of millions of people against Israel, it, it is just remarkable that, thank God, we're able to survive it all. It is, but we have a lot of allies. And we have a lot of friends around who are who are concerned about this because they know that it's not the Jews are always the first, but they're not the last victims in, in this. Yeah, I hear and, that. And, and we are becoming more sophisticated, not enough. We still need lots of money. We need to use this information to bring lawsuits, to get freedom of information, information, uh, information but more importantly, get Title VI applied uh, to the universities. And lawsuits are one way to get the attention of, of the university. Some already in the works, but we need to do it much more broadly. And I think the information that will come out will still shock people. And, you know, now we're hitting the anniversary of Kristallnacht that every year or most years you and I discuss it and speak in these abstract terms about the uh, importance of remembering and, uh, and the role that 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 night had in the eventual, uh, you know, in the eventual tragic history of European jury. I don't know if we need to even give these reminders this year. I think people are feeling it uh, to, to a great degree. Thank God we haven't had a Kristallnacht, but I think people are more and more understanding what Jews in that era went through. Uh, absolutely. And the, the, um, and the need for us and people on a local level, on every level, to hold people to account, you know, the, when, as you said in the case in L.A., when the, the sheriff is talking about conflicting information on the altercation that led to it, I mean, there better be a prosecution and somebody arrested and somebody held to account for, for the murder of this, of this man or the death of this man because of the, of the uh, is being pro-Israel and carrying the flag and being uh, assaulted there. But, you know, we, we, at the local level, every one of these cases means something and every prosecution means something. And the same thing is true when we go after the universities, the res resignation by Mr. Suyeka the, from Columbia Board the Business School, the, what Mr. Ackman did and what the firms 
reneging on commitments to to uh, offers to students to be to, for jobs because they participate in, in events that they said that are contrary to the values of the law firms. This is the message that we have to go. There has to be consequences yeah. for the actions that are being taken. Got to spend the last minute we have just for the people who tuned in late. Washington is on Tuesday. Uh, the the official program, Malcolm did uh, mention that there'll be a youth program that will proceed it, but the official program will start at 1 p.m. in Washington, D.C. on the National Mall. Uh, again, Malcolm, based on what you're saying and where, and where you sit, you have been contacted by so many people around the country. You are estimating certainly in the hundreds of thousands. Would that be fair? I won't give it an eye and horror and tell any number. What I will say is that it could well be the biggest gathering ever in support of Israel and manifestation by the Jews. There are three goals. One, obviously, is to support Israel in time of war. Two, the return of the hostages. And three, against the rise in anti-Semitism on our campuses and in our cities. It's an opportunity to put the marker down together with friends from outside of the Jewish community to say that we're not going to, that we learned the lesson. And then when we say never again, we mean it. And this is the test. This is not a war about territory or a war about any kind of gain. This is a war about life and it's the lives of our children and grandchildren and about the values that we all hold dear. This is everybody, what counts. There'll be an exciting program. I think people, there'll be announcements today of, of some singers who will be coming and others, but the really important part is the physical presence there, the bodies there and and uh, joining to, and the declaration so that the White House, the Congress, Every foreign ambassador, every foreign government will offset the reports that they see all the time of, you know, the, the anti-Israel demonstrations. Finally, will you be do you know yet in advance if you'll be joined by any family members of our hostages? Yes, many will be there. There will be a section just of the seats empty and occupied. Uh, but it's obviously a central theme. And some of the families of hostages will be speaking at the program. Unbelievable. All right, everybody, we know our assignment, get to Washington, D.C. Uh, on Tuesday, and kudos to all the schools, organizations, yeshivas, all the institutions, and, of course, people uh, privately as well from all areas of the country, Jew and non-Jew alike, who are descending on Washington on Tuesday in order to accomplish the three goals and address the three issues that Malcolm just pointed out. I am giving a special uh, a plug for us here at JMM. We're in Jerusalem on Tuesday. As you head down to Washington, please tune in. I think the guests that we will have will give everybody an even further sense of purpose as they head down to Washington, D.C. Malcolm, good luck. We look forward to the uh, review of everything next Friday, please God. Have a wonderful Shabbos and Am Yisrael Chai. Amen. And everybody should have a great Shabbos. Rest up. You'll need the energy. <laughs> That's It's a tough day, everybody. Keep that in mind. It's not an easy day. It's easier than what the soldiers got to do, but it's not an easy day. Prepare accordingly. And my thanks to Malcolm Honline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents, Major American Jewish Organizations, with us for the weekly update Fridays here at JM in the AM. This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Chaye Sorah. Parshas Chaye Sorah does not contain any of the Tariag mitzvot, but it is so full of valuable information on how to live, die as a Jew. 
The parsha is conveniently um, broken into three parts. The first 20 verses talk about the acquisition of a burial plot for Sora Imenu by Abram Avinu, and the very powerful lesson is, number one, it has to be a Jewish burial. A Jew lives as a Jew, a Jew dies as a Jew, and is buried as a Jew. He must be buried in a Jewish cemetery. Having said this, everybody should listen. We all unfortunately know people who don't know, people who don't realize that it is so important that a body be buried as opposed to, God forbid, cremated, as opposed to, God forbid, above ground burial. This is very important and we all have friends who unfortunately are not yet observant. It's important that the right time you get to them, communicate to them that it is to be in a Jewish cemetery. Avram is offered, when he's looking for a plot from the people of Ches, Avram is offered the choicest one, and Ephron initially says, come on, you are recognized as an Asiel Okim, a Prince of God. Take the best of what we have. And Abram says, fine, I want No problem, says Ephron, who was the owner at the time. No problem. I'll give it to you as a gift. And Abram says, no, I want to pay for it. And at the end, Ephron is the one who Emor Harbei, he speaks a lot, and does very little. Sure, you can have it for nothing, and then, all right, you want to pay? I'll take Arba Meo Shekel Kesef, which is literally approximately a million shkolim. Wow. Amazing. But that's what Avram paid to teach us, number one, how important it is that the Jew has to have a Jewish burial plot, not among non-Jews. Number two, to teach us that this is one of our strong claims to Eretz Yisrael. Not that the world listens, but we need to know it, and we need to realize how important it is. Let's move on. The Torah then devotes 67 psukim, the longest chapter in the book of Bereshis, to the acquisition of a bride for Yitzchak. Woe! Now, Yoser Mimasha Kosovkan, Kosovkan. What does that mean? It means that without the Torah spelling it out explicitly, but by repeating the story of Eliezer and Rivka's Chesed, which is done in such a, number one, sensitive fashion, that as the Shalom HaKadosh points out, what should she do? He drinks from the jug. Could he give the same jug to the camels? That would be degrading to him. And could he spill it out? She spill it out. That would be also, uh, number one, showing a kind of disrespect to him. So she runs, as we're told, in chapter 24. I believe it's Pasuk 20. She runs, and what happens? 
what happens is that chapter 24 verse 20 correct that she intentionally runs fast makes it look like she dropped the jug and this way the jug is empty she draws water for all the camels with incredible sensitivity this is the shallah that is showing this but the main thing we have to ask ourselves is why why the torah devotes so much space to this and the answer is because as i will demonstrate in a moment and share with you the insight of Rav Ayoshev, Zechatzadik Levracha, in his Sefer Divrei Agada, a beautiful idea to go together with uh, this uh, extended story as found in Pasha's Chayisara. He says, take note that the Mishnah at the end of excuse me, the end of Tanis tells us that the two happiest days were the 15th of Av and Yom Kippur, that on these days the girls of Yerushalayim would go out and they would dance in the Kramim, in the vineyards, and they would call out to the young men and say to them, See what you choose for yourself. Don't put your attention mostly on beauty. That shouldn't be the first thing. Pay attention to family. Pay attention to character. Midos, as the Joshua Saran points out, is more important than deos, than beliefs. Good character is more important than the belief because if a person has faulty beliefs that could be changed in other words Eliezer when he stops Rivka and says okay booby I'll start you finish Shema Yisrael no that's not what happens he says I'll start you finish via Hafta no so what's the answer the answer is she has good mitos good character once she has good character her faulty beliefs of Abu Zorah, that could easily be changed. But character is something which you've got or you don't. I'm not saying you can't learn it but and improve upon it, but it's something which a person has to realize is very difficult to change. So what did the girls say to the young men looking for a shidduch? Come on, look for character, right? Pay attention to the family and the influence over these girls. After all, grace is false, beauty is vain. A woman who fears Hashem, she should be praised. Okay, now watch. And the Mishnah continues with Rabbi Gamliel teaching that a Pasuk from Shira Shirim, Go forth and gaze, daughters of Zion, upon King Shlomo. Ba'atorah, adorned with a crown, she'itralo imo biyom chasunaso, adorned with a crown his mother made for him on the day of his wedding and on the day of his heart's joy. Rabbi Gamliel 
expands on this pasuk from Shira Shirim that King Shlomo is an allusion to God. Melech Shasholom Shalom, says Rashi. And his mother, Itmo, is a reference to Klau Yisrael. And Biyom Chasunoso refers to the day of his wedding, which is the day of the giving of the Torah. And Biyom Simchas Libo is the day of the building of the Beis HaMikdash. So what does asks Rebel Yashiv? What does the second part of the Mishnah have to do with the first part? The first part of the Mishnah tells us that the girls went out to find Shaduchim and they told the fellows to look at the character. And then we talk about the building of... Uh, the getting of the Torah, building of the Beis Hamikdash. What's the connection? Says Rebel Yashiv so powerfully. The connection, my friends, is men realize that the women have the most influence in the home in order to perpetuate the giving of the Torah and the building of a Beis Hamikdash. When it comes to the building of the Torah. What does it say? In chapter 19 of Shmos, Kosamar Leves Yaakov Yisrael. First, Hashem had to get the women on board. Once he had the women on board, then Mesagelevne Yisrael. Because the women are have so much hashpa'a on the children. And when it comes to the building of the Beis Amigdash, there too, what does the Pesach say in Vayakhel? Anoshim Al Anoshim. Chapter 35, verse 22. What does that mean? The women had greater desire to donate and to be part of the building of the Beis Amigdosh. Whoa! So, in extolling the women, which is what the uh, Mishnah is doing, it is giving us the insight into the importance of finding a woman with the right character. And he says the following, when baby Moshe was put, as we'll read in Pasha Shmos, in the basket in the Nile, so what do we find? That it was Miriam, right, showed her devotion, built into the character of the Jewish woman, she is there watching, and she waited for the right time to act to save Moshe's life. In contrast, what do we find? That Hagar, when she sees that Yishmael is about to die, we have that idea. The same way may Rachok, that in contrast, that Miriam stands from a distance to watch. What does it say when it comes to uh, Hagar? She's far away. From as the drawing of the bow and the arrow flying. Ki Amra, she said, Al I can't see the child die. She wasn't there. She couldn't be there at the time of Tzara. Listen carefully. We find regarding the name of Adam and Chava. Chava is Aim Kochoi. She's the mother of life, all life. He, Adam, is called Adam because he comes from the Adama, from the earth. The name Adam refers to the shiftless, the lowliness of man, that he has to work very hard to develop himself, 
Not so the woman. And I heard beautifully from Rev. Aaron Salavechek, a beautiful idea. Why is it that women are exempt from mitzvos aseish as man grama, with few exceptions? Why are they exempt? Because Adam comes from the ground, an inanimate object. When Hashem made Chava, He took her from Adam, who at that time already had a soul. She comes from a higher being. She comes originally with a soul in her, as opposed to Adam, who was created without the soul. Hashem had to breathe into him to put the soul in. And therefore, she is more ruchani. She's more spiritual than man is. Very, very important that we realize what part of this Muhammad that unfortunately we are in today. Lowalenu contrasts the kindergarten and the education before kindergarten that Jewish children all over the world get from their mothers in contrast to what the Palestinian children get by the time they are already to go into first grade, if they have first grade, listen carefully, we are taught in the Gan, our children are taught to be good, our children are taught to love Yadus, to love life, our children is taught that the Torah is a Torah's Chaim, and lo aleinu, what are the Palestinian children taught in their kindergartens? They're taught to be a suicide bomber. They're taught to give their life by killing, God forbid, innocent people. And by doing that, that is doing something noble. Literally, it's ze l'umaze. It's literally one against the other. So understand that lo'aleinu, our fight is not only one of Mechias Amolek, of destroying a people that have as their raison d'etre, Lo'alenu, to kill Am Yisrael, but it's a fight against literally Tov and Ra into this world. He Eim how precious life is. If a woman, according to Jewish law, if the circumstances warrant it, a woman must get an abortion if her life is being threatened. If the doctors and Rabbanim agree, a woman is not in charge of her life because life is a precious gift which comes from a friend, from Hashem. He gives and he takes, and it's not a decision that a woman can make on their own, despite the vote in certain states yesterday. We end on the positive note, and the positive note is that our fighting is not only for our safety, not only for the very basis of Eretz Yisrael 
but our fighting is l'shem shamayim, to bring kavod to shamayim, to bring kavod to Klal Yisrael, who is a people of chayim, Torah's chayim, and this is what Emirz Hashem will emerge so much stronger as a result of this terrible muhamma. We should hear besuros, tovos, yeshuos, v'nechomos very, very quickly. Shabbat shalom to all. My thanks, of course, Rabbi Yudin, for the inspirational words on this Erev Shabbos Chayei Sarah. Very different Chayei Sarah in Hebron. It is not a uh, celebratory, massive Chayei Sarah, but hopefully next year. There'll be 50,000 people there to uh, commemorate this special Shabbat. As we continue to pray for our soldiers and continue to pray for our hostages, the uh, the events of October 7th, of course, began on Shemini Atzeres Shabbos. That Erev Shabbos was Hoshana Rabbah, and now we stand uh, a few weeks later. We've gone through uh, Erev Shabbos Bracious, Noach, Lechacha, Vayera. Now it's Erev Shabbos Chayesara with a lot of people and a tremendous amount of pain in Israel. Those of you who are heading down to the rally on Tuesday in Washington, make sure to be tuned in to JM and the AM on your phones or whatever other contraptions you may have uh, because uh, what, what we have in store in Israel I think will be very very instrumental in extending and expanding our sense of mission as uh, the community descends on Washington, D.C. We're going to be speaking with some people who are going to be very inspiring in terms of the situation in Israel, and I hope you'll be tuned in Tuesday and Wednesday for our broadcasts. In addition, of course, there's this added component, as Malcolm mentioned, for the rally of the anti-Semitism here in the United States. There's a lot to rally for, and Baruch Hashem, it seems to be attracting a tremendous number of people for Tuesday, Rosh Chodesh afternoon. Our dear friend Steve Adelsberg uh, is with us live via telephone. He uh, was one of the leaders of the Yeshiva Flatbush Chizuk mission that just got back a couple of days ago from Israel. Steve Adelsberg, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, my good friend Nachum. Good morning to everyone. Appreciate you joining me. I, you know, you and I, I mean, everyone, anyone who's a regular listener knows this. You and I have many conversations on many different topics, but topics, but the primary one is always chesed. And before we talk about some of the details, I know that the group you were with uh, and led uh, certainly did some exciting things and things that uh, showed you up front and, per- and up front, close and personal, what our soldiers and others are going through. Talk about the chesed for a minute, Steve. Talk, talk about some of the innovative ideas. It's obvious from the text you sent me that there were select groups of people that you were targeting to give gifts to and to uh, and to give financial assistance to when appropriate. Tell me about some of the chesed that went on in Israel over the last few days. It's, it's just unbelievable because, first of all, you go, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know who you're going to see. But when you get there, it is just so easy because everyone just wants one thing. Show me some love. Give me a hug. <laughs> Give me, tell me, tell me that you're with us. I hear you're with us. I think you're with us. I know in the past you've always been with us. But today it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And that's what they want to know because they feel we're all together. Are you guys on, are you guys on board with us? Because we're all together. You go to a base, and all of a sudden you realize, hey, we didn't dive a mincha. Everybody dives mincha with you. 
We didn't dive him out. Everyone's going to dive him out with you. Meaning people of all backgrounds. <laughs> I'm telling you, nothing. I got. I uh, we had a trip with the Yeshiva Flambush. Rabbi Hertzberg does his thing. The guy's unbelievable. Certainly is. He's there, and and but the whole idea is that we all went. Well, I said before the idea. How's this going to work out? We don't know. We have plans. The plans change on the fly. You talk about a quarterback audible on the line. You audible here every 10 minutes. What do you think we're going to do? But then when you see them, when you sit with the people, you sit with you sit with four widows Ugh. from Shulamit who's sitting there, and they're with their, their other neighbors, and they're saying, hey, hey, we know we got it tough. I don't know what's happened to me, but I know what I have to do now. And... It's it's the widows because they're gonna hold they're gonna bring those communities back. You have to remember, yes, we have you have to go back there now. These yeah. people left their homes, yeah. and now but to go back, this is a makam of tragedy. And but they they say, hey hey hey, Zubart Senu, this is who we are. This is and we're not gonna be pushed around. This this is Zubart Senu, and we're there, and we're gonna do things. Steve Adelsberg is with us live via telephone, back with the Yeshiva of Flapush Chizuk mission, which was uh, quite a success, to say the least. All right, back to my original question. And your messaging, believe me, is much appreciated, and certainly it's, it's necessary. But I need to know, because people go and, and they wonder if their $20 can make a difference, and they wonder if their $100 can make a difference, and they wonder if they walk in a hotel with small gifts for kids, if it makes a difference. What can you tell us about that interpersonal chesed component to the trip? A lot of, you, a lot of our listeners here, listeners, we all went to Kremlin. Right. Kremlin is, 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 is a spa. Right. It's a spa, and you get yourself massages, and we hear we're going to Kremlin. I don't want to expect. There are 400 people in Kramim, all from the, the city, the, the Yishuv Sholamit. And and with Rabbi Sahidi from the Yishuv, the principal, adopted that town. Wow. And we go there to Kramim. And when I say there's 400 people, let me explain something. There's 300 children and 100 adults. Yep. And of course, the adults are ninety percent women, right. because Army. the fathers are on the line, and the kid is sitting in Kremlin there, and we come in with our duffel bags. Oh, we had it was so good. We had I meet I meet a guy Jack Indy. He's making sacks with Israeli flags on them, and, <laughs> and I think and I say to Jack, Jack, we should do what they do in a net game. What's that? We need a, we need that gun when they 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 you know throw out the t-shirts. But you got to see the kids' faces. They're running for these duffel bags, and he, and one kid comes and goes. How many things can I take? And I said, how many can I take? I go, how big is your stomach? <laughs> he starts, he starts, I mean, they say, can I take more? Can I take more? And they, they're children, they're little kids, and they're so excited. But let me explain the one scene. Now, we have talked in the past about sports. Right. And, I, and I've been to some really, really big games in my career. And we've also talked about when you have IDF soldiers visiting America, you go out of their way to get them good tickets to these games, by the way. Good tickets. I, every soldier I have, I have them now in my, in my Rolodex, in my contacts. Right. And I said, when you come to America, 
we're going to the garden. Yep. We're going to Barclays, and you're sitting on the floor. Yep. They look at me and go, Bemet, Bemet. I go, Bemet? Are you kidding me? I'm gonna, we're going to go there with Israeli flags. <laughs> this is what we're doing. So here we are. We go see the Rav, we see we go to Rav Grossman. We got like 30, 30, 30 students, principals, and we're and, we, and he says to us, he's arranged for us to go to Ramat, uh, Ramat, Ramat David. Ramat David is an air force base, right near Rafula, right near Midahimek. Okay, we're going to air force base. Great. This is not just an air force base. The F-16s are taking off to Gaza, and they're coming back from here. And they take us to the runway, and we're on the tarmac. And all of a sudden, they said, here, an F-16 is landing. The F-16 just came back from Gaza. And we said to, the, to, to, to our, our pilot who's giving us this tour, he says, how long's the, how long's the run? And he says to us, the run is approximately 30 to 60 minutes depending that he has to really understand the site. It's the site that he's supposed to go to, and there's no mistake. He does his, he has four payloads, four payloads. He has to you do all of them, because he, he can't fly a plane, it'll be unbalanced. And he returns. He comes back. He's on the tarmac. He's coming, he's taxiing along on this, him and his co-pilot in this, in this $63 million plane we're watching, okay? And we see, he sees us, and all of a sudden, it was like Willis Reed is coming out of the tunnel. <laughs> and the Yeshiva Flappers kids, we, we're out there, and we start raising our hands and start raising our flags, and we start singing Am Yisrael Chai. Wow. The pilot and the co-pilot look at us, and they start giving the thumbs up, and they start banging the cockpit. I'm telling you, I thought I was back in the stadium. Listen, and I was. Listen, I, I got to ask you: the bigger hero, Reed or the Air Force pilot? I need a definitive answer from you. Who's the bigger hero? It's not even a question. Are you, are, you, are you kidding me? Come on. This is an Air Force pilot. Anyone could be Willis Reed. Come on. You literally, you were hanging out with a lot of heroes, and I mean that uh, in more ways than one because you were hanging out with spiritual heroes. You mentioned some already in this conversation. You were hanging out with military heroes uh, based on the story you just told us. That's quite obvious. And you're hanging out with uh, chesed heroes. You're hanging out with people who are trying their darndest uh, to give what they can, and both in terms of time and in terms of uh, material items, uh, to those who are suffering right now in Israel. There are a lot of heroes right now, and you met a lot of them on this trip. Everyone is a hero because they're there. Yeah. And I always I say to everyone, Etem Ochazim et Eretz Yisrael You're holding Eretz Yisrael. They're writing checks that we can't cover. That's right, 100%. All right, uh, Steve, it's Friday. You know we're short on time, but we got to get to this point. You know uh, that Yeshiva Flatbush, this is something that Rabbi Hertzberg, rightfully so, is extremely proud of, and you as well, obviously, you said it on the air. Uh, one of the first groups, one of the first schools to literally arrange an official mission. Now, thank God, in November, if you speak to the people you know, in the airline industry, it's obvious that a lot of people are going to be heading over in the next couple of weeks. Uh, what words of encouragement can you give uh, to the rabbis, the leaders, the organizational heads, the schools specifically, the principals and lay leaders about the importance of arranging these chizuk missions as soon as possible? Because there's a couple of things here. 
I go back to 1967. Mm. I was in the ninth grade. Wow. And I remember the Six-Day War like it was yesterday. In the Six-Day War, it's different. Because the Six-Day War, on the Thursday of that week, we all went down to Washington. The same way now. Everybody went down. Right. And we felt it. And I remember going down to 95. We're on 95. And we and when you take hundreds of buses, you know some of those buses are not going to make it. And of course, there's a bus broken down <laughs> on the side of 95. No, no, I have, no eye in horror for Tuesday, please. No eye in horror for Tuesday. But you know, but if you're that bus, lower lane, no. Yeah. But but I remember everybody on the bus got off the bus, and they waved everyone on from the highway with their flags. I have this memory, and I remember. But when we got down to Washington. It was a victory rally. I love it. it because if you remember, Wednesday morning, Hebron Biadenu, Yushalayim Biadenu. And, but now we're going, it's the same victory rally. What's the victory? Achtos. Because we're going together. Everyone is together. At a level of Achtos we've never had before. You know what someone told me? It's different. What's going on differently in Eretz Israel now? Yeah. People aren't hunking their friends. Nishla himself or not. (laughs) <laughs> we're just together we're not hunking we're not pushing now but that's something i'm gonna have to observe and see if you're exactly. right because <laughs> that's you guys, amazing you guys you're on you're online you're online because you're supposed to go waiting to check in and a guy all of a sudden comes up in front of you and you would you would say if we thought where are you going where are you going yeah there's a line here you don't say that anymore yeah. you got to go first but come out I hear it. It's like it's 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 like that's what it's going to happen. Is that we all the small steps, the small steps, the taking olam is a small step, but when you start, when everyone starts doing it, it's a big step. Talk talk for a moment about the schools, organizations, lay leaders, principals, those who might be hesitating, those who are not quite sure what to do. Although we have recommended they contact Rabbi Hertzberg directly for advice on this matter. Just give a, give a minute of chizuk here to those who hesitate to travel to Israel right now, uh, how important these chizuk missions are. My wife, Renee, beautiful woman, she says to me, you're not going. I go, okay, I'm not going. I'm going. Can we go into the next conversation? No, 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 no. You, we could do enough here. I can't have you go. You, you're running around too much. I, stay here. Grow up. <laughs> Yeshiva says they're going. I'm going. And I remember, I remember 1988 when we sent kids, kids, with a second yeshiva to send kids back then. Half the way first, the guy give credit with credit to, they send kids in December. Yeah. Rabbi Eliach says to me, we're sending kids to Russia. This is 88. Mm-hmm. And he said, but we're short some money. Could you raise the money for us? I go, on one condition, I get to go. <laughs> he says, you're in. This time here, I heard we're taking kids. There are a lot of missions. We, 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 we joined the, the community of Englewood. Great community, great people. All three rabbis are there. Three rabbis from one community going together. Now that's, now that's Achtos. You get three rabbis from one community to agree, you're doing good. All three rabbis, rabbis Rabbi Pufko, mm-hmm. Rabbi Pufko, Rabbi Block, and I, I'm not from England, I forgot the third rabbi who's really, who knew exactly what to say. They're all there, but we brought students. 
we brought students. I'm like, you brought students? I go, yeah. Why would you bring students for? Are the students in Israel still? Did anyone leave? No. Of course you got to bring students. You got to show these because you know why? 50 years from now, you're going to have a student tell you, this is what I did during yeah, this war. Of course. It's going to stay with them, and they're going to understand. That's why the, Tuesday in Washington is so important. That's why the Chizuk missions are so important, 100%. Man. Israel, was, everyone's saying, like, I used, to, I used to joke, there are three things that Israel wants from America that they accept from America, and it's not money, because money we give to Eretz Yisrael because we, we have to. It's, it's our guilty conscience that we're not there. Okay, so we give the money. The three things I used to say, one they accept is Stanley Fisher. Stanley Fisher, if you remember the head of the Bank of Israel, sure. they said, this guy, this guy knows he's doing, we're talking economics. Okay, come on in. The second thing they love from America, the Hebrew art scroll. <laughs> right. Good point. The Hebrew art scroll. Not, not the English, but the Hebrew. Right. And they don't call it art scroll. Because in Israel, they give the credit where the credit's supposed to go to. What do they call art scroll in Hebrew? Schottenstein. Schottenstein. Right. Schottenstein. Schottenstein. That's the family who gave us the the, uh, the Dafyomi. Okay. Now, what's the third thing I say? The Vienna Rebbe. That's personal. Okay. Those are the three. But now they want a fourth thing. There's a fourth thing they want from us. Show us love. Yeah. Show us you're with us. Show us that we're not alone. Show us that you know what those stakes are, that it's not just a hobby. You know, I, I have an office in Great Nick. Next door is a great, great client. We've been together for 30 years, our next door neighbor. And they're Greek. Good Greeks. And they give sucker, they give charity. I mean, they give, I mean, you don't see it, but they give serious money. Great. If you remember a couple of years ago, there was a problem in Greece with the economy. Right. And they called me for a meeting. And they say, Steve, we got to get our assets out of Greece. We got to get our money out of the banks. How do we get it in here? Is it a problem? What? Yeah, I really sit down. And I look up at him and says, you know, we're really tight. You guys are good guys. You always say to me, always laugh. Where's Steve? Steve's in Israel. Okay. But I have to tell you, you guys now are running away from your country, Greece. Because, hey, you, it's smart. You want to be smart. Israel will do the opposite. Yeah. When we have a crisis. We run to Israel. No question about I that. I apologize that we're getting grabbed by the clock here. Steve Adelsberg, back from the Chizuk mission with the Yeshiva of Flatbush. Kudos to Steve and the lay leaders, Rabbi Hertzberg, and, of course, the principals, administration, and students, and anybody out there, especially the schools that are considering this for November and December. Rabbi Hertzberg has offered that you could be in touch with them directly. We didn't even touch on, on so much of the aspect of this trip that was so amazing. Um, uh, there's a whole lot more. Uh, that went on, and kudos again to all those who participated. Steve, welcome back. A big yeshikoach. The chesed should continue. The flow of uh, money, support, and love from the United States to Israel should continue. And Bezrat Hashem, beyachad nenatzeach. With all this unity around the world, the uh, soldiers of the state of Israel will win this war, and hopefully swiftly. It's all I can say is bring a Danny Shotskis and a Rabbi Beta, and you bring a guitar on the bus. 
And then you, you don't stop. <laughs> then you got, and you that, got it. That's the secret formula. It. That's the secret that's formula. It. That's the source. Have that's a, the source. Have a wonderful Shabbos, Steve. All the best, my friend. He Thank is the best. Steve Adelsberg, everybody. <laughs> Back from Chizuk, Chesed, and love on this amazing journey to the Holy Land. Kudos and a big, big Yashikach again, Yeshiva of Flatbush. They've always been leaders, and I believe, I believe that they're the first school to go with students during this war. If you want to correct me on that, please do. Washington trip coming up. Rosh Chodesh is coming Tuesday. It's Erev Shabbos Chayes Sarah, candle lighting in New York 422, and it's time to say good Shabbos. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away nothing left to do go on home and find a gift that's waiting there for you oh it's time to say good job cause all your work is done I'm gonna spend the day together with the holy one say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator It's a very special sign Your candles will be burning They'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer there's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing
coming Monday night, this coming Monday night, Dr. Joe and Lori Rosazada invite you to Israel at War, Hebrew University of Jerusalem response efforts with Professor Avi Zini, Dean of the Faculty of Dental Medicine at Hebrew U, this Monday night at 7 at the Rosazada home in West Orange, New Jersey. Achenu Israel and Achim brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Don't forget the Israel Vendor Fair at Frisch is coming Sunday. Lincoln Square Synagogue this coming Monday. Make sure that they are well attended. Kudos to everybody who went to the Kushner campus last night in Livingston for the Israel Vendor Fair. Thanks so much for tuning in. Plenty coming up over the weekend, as you know. Kedem presents the Arab Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel, Avrami, and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. That'll be at 9 p.m. Sunday, it's Matis and JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, Monday, I'm here. And then Monday afternoon, I fly to Israel. Tuesday and Wednesday, live from Israel. As you're heading to Washington, make sure to be tuned into JM and the AM for inspiration and more of a sense of purpose as you head down to D.C. Have a fabulous Shabbos. Remember, it's an early Shabbos, 422 in New York. Till next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.